All right, everybody, welcome to New Life. Glad to have you guys here with us. This is the Sunday before Christmas, gentlemen. <clears throat> Just want to let that sink in for all the men in the room, okay? Sunday before Christmas, ladies, I got your back, okay? I got your back on that one. But hey, this is the Sunday before Christmas where we celebrate the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And so at all of our campuses, Ogallala, North Platte, Kearney, and online, how many of you guys are excited to be at New Life Church to worship our risen Savior? Come on. Yeah. Man, I am. I am. I hope you guys are. If you're not, it's going to be really bad today. It's going to be really bad because I'm going to be really excited and you're going to be totally like annoyed by it, right? So I just encourage you just to like turn it up a little bit, right? And just like go, man, I'm here at New Life. I'm here the Sunday before Christmas. I'm here with a bunch of great people. No matter what campus you're at, it's great people, by the way. And uh, man, we're just here to worship Jesus. My name's Jeff. I get the chance of serving as one of the pastors on staff. And I'm really so glad that you guys have joined us. This song that you just heard on all of our screens in all of our campuses is a moving song, right? In fact, I heard, I heard here at the Carney campus people applauding at the end of a song that many of you probably have never heard before. But it instantly became one of my favorite worship songs of all time. Instantly. Like when I heard it months ago, I was like, that song we need to do. And look, here's the other thing. If you like hymns, does anybody like old school hymns? If you don't like this song, you don't like hymns. That's, how, that's what I'm going to say. This is a modern day hymn. It's written, we call them anthems now, by the way. Okay, it's a style of music. It's an anthem. It's a modern day hymn. But I would also say this. How many of you guys grew up going to a church where you recited the Apostles' Creed? How many of you guys grew up in a church doing that? I would also say to you, I'd be as bold as to say this, that this song, written by a modern day psalmist, somebody who has been hearing God's heart, writing worship so that we as the church could you know, unify together and express the truth of who God is back to him, which I'm so thankful for our modern-day psalmists that are still hearing from the Lord, that this song could become our modern-day creed. It tells the entire story of the gospel from the beginning all the way to the end. It's the truth of who Jesus is, guys. It's why he came. It's why he gave his life on the cross. It's that he resurrected from the grave, that the power of the Holy Spirit came, and that there's the power of the church that's been released, and that through that grace of Jesus Christ, you and me have been resurrected also from the dead. From the death of our sin, we've been resurrected, and we've been brought to life. That's the story of Christmas. That's where it all starts. And I love that about this, about this song. So I want, you, I want you to let this song just kind of soak into you. In fact, here's what I want you to do this week. This week, I want you to go to YouTube, I want you to go to your Spotify account, I want you to go to Pandora, I want you to go to your iTunes account, I want you to figure out how to get this song so that you can play it over and over and over again. I would actually go as far as to say that just like in some churches, the Apostle Creed is quoted in every service, that this type of song will be the kind of song that in our modern day creed would be the kind of song we could sing every single Sunday because it reminds us of the doctrine of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And when you understand the doctrine of God, 
then it strengthens your faith. And when your faith is strengthened, then your praise to God becomes more authentic and more passionate. Did you see that formula? And one of the things we're lacking today is this. We're lacking the understanding of the doctrine of who God is. Therefore, our faith isn't as strong, and our praise is actually weaker than we think it is. We have better worship music than we've ever had in church. And I mean that, by the way. Better than we've ever had, but it's weaker than it's ever been. And the reason is because we've abandoned the understanding and the value of understanding who God is, the doctrine of God. Therefore, faith isn't strengthened and praise isn't what you think it is. But here at New Life, here's what we want for you. We want you to be like a rock in your faith. We want you to be like a tree with deep roots that no matter what happens, no matter what comes our way, right? No matter whether it is, you know, an oppression of Christianity or if it's a persecution of Christianity, we want you to be anchored in your faith so that your faith is strong and that you would praise God in the good days and in the evil days that are ahead of us. That's what we want for you. We want you to be able to praise him with authenticity. We want you to be able to praise him with passion. We want you to be able to praise him knowing who you're praising. And so that's why this song, I think, is really so important. Are you ready? Are you ready for this day? Okay, I hope you are, all right? You're like, buckle in, all right? Buckle in, because here we go. First, just right off the bat, let's talk about uh, the, where this whole amazing story of the gospel of Jesus Christ really starts. And this song, in verse 1, gives us that beginning. It says, In the darkness we were waiting, without hope and without light, till from heaven you came running, there was mercy in your eyes. To fulfill the law and prophets, to a virgin came the word. And from a throne of endless glory to a cradle in the dirt. See, for about approximately 400 years, there was a period of darkness. There was a period of silence. There was a period where mankind was waiting. It was about 400 years from the last Old Testament writing written onto a scroll until Jesus Christ shows up on the scene in the form of a baby. 400 years of darkness, 400 years of silence, but then heaven broke loose, and the light of God's glory shone, right? And the mercy of God came running to humanity. And you find it wrapped up in this Christmas story in Luke chapter 2, where the shepherds are out on the fields, right, at night, and the angels show up. Watch this. It says, all at once, an angel came down to them, the shepherds, from the Lord. <clears throat> and the brightness of the Lord's glory flashed around them. The light of God's hope flashed around them. And the shepherds were frightened. But the angel said this, guys, look, don't be afraid. All right? I have good news for you, which will make what? Everyone, everyone happy. We were living in a season of darkness with no way for our sins to be forgiven. And then all at once, angels show up and they tell the shepherds, today in Bethlehem is the Savior of the world. The light of the world has been born. And he will make everyone happy. Like, why is he going to make them happy? Because he's bringing the deliverance of sin that we had no other way for it to come. It's amazing that Jesus came from a throne, a throne to a cradle in a grave, by the way. That's amazing to me. And here's what it tells me. 
This is some of the doctrine that's so powerful in this song that we need to be reminded of. In fact, we need to be reminded of it this Christmas. And that's this, that Jesus always existed, and the reason for that is because Jesus is God. See, some people, when they get to Christmas, they get all freaked out, and and their doctrine starts to slip, and they don't really grasp the whole thing. Like, did, did God create his son and send him to the earth in the form of a baby? Is that when Jesus was created? And they get this idea that maybe that is the accurate truth, but I'm telling you right now, that is so far from the truth that it's a false doctrine to even think of the fact that God just created his son and sent him as a, as a baby. The truth is this, that Jesus was already sitting on a throne when he came to a cradle in the dirt. It means that he was already God. Colossians helps us understand this really clear in Colossians 1.16 where it says that everything was created by him. Who's the him we're talking about? We're actually talking about Jesus. This verse is talking about Jesus. Everything was created by Jesus. Everything in heaven and on earth. How much was created by Jesus? Good answer. Man, you guys are sharp people. Good, good work. Thank you so much. Everything. Everything. Everything that you see, everything that you experience was created by him. Everything in the heavens and everything on earth. Now, if you know your Bible, you know that at the very beginning of the Bible, it, it starts out with saying that the earth was void and without form, and darkness was upon it. But notice, even in Genesis chapter 1 at the very beginning, there was, something was already here. The earth was here, it was void, it was formless, there was no light, but this mass was here. Who created the mass that was here in Genesis chapter 1 at the very beginning? I'm telling you, it was Jesus. He created it all. He wasn't just a baby that showed up. He is fully God. Everything seen and unseen was created by him, including all forces and powers and all rulers and authorities. All things were created by God's Son, and everything was made for him, by the way. This is why the chorus of this song that we're going to sing today, and I want it to be driven into your spirit today. I want it to awaken you spiritually today. It's so important because it speaks to the doctrine of what we refer to as the Trinity. Look at what the chorus of this song says. It says, praise the Father, praise the Son, praise the Spirit. What does it say next? The doctrine of the Trinity, of understanding who God is, is that there's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And when you grasp a better understanding of the doctrine of the Trinity, who God actually is, it will strengthen your faith, which will release a pure, righteous, passionate praise to God. And Jesus is the one who, by the way, he gives us a lot of glimpse of understanding into the doctrine of understanding of the Trinity he, t he, he talks about it, but he also alludes to it multiple different times. I think one of the scriptures that I want to take you to, to kind of help you understand this understanding of who God is a little bit better, is one that's used for a whole different reason, and it's rarely used to help us understand the Trinity. It's a famous scripture, Matthew chapter 28, where Jesus speaks some of his last words, and we know it because he says, go and make disciples. 
But I want you to look at this through the lens of who God is in the sense of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jesus said in some of his last words to humanity on this earth, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the, read this with me, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Jesus is teaching us here that God is one God, but he's in three equal parts, three equal persons. What I, what I like about this scripture, and the reason why I wanted to anchor us here today, is that how many of you guys have been baptized in water? Let me see your hand. Put your hand up. And when you're baptized in water, I pray that you were baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit because that's what Jesus told us to do. I don't think that Jesus would have told us, oh, by the way, guys, baptize to the name of the Father and the Son and then this, create, this creature, like a raccoon. Or baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and, you know, the most, the most recent ruler of the country in which you live in, the president. No, he wouldn't have never have done that. Jesus never would have taught us to baptize to a creature. A creature is something created by God. You are a creature of God. Every, every plant, every animal, creature, right, of God. Now, I get it, like, a creature we typically think of as being alive, like us. I get that, right? But these things are all created by God. Jesus never would have told us to baptize to something that's just a creature of God. He was telling us to baptize to the creator. And by the way, he lists himself as the creator. He lists himself as God. And he doesn't, he doesn't put him in some kind of echelon. He doesn't say, oh, well, by the way, baptize in the name of the Father. Oh, and by the way, add in there the Son and the Holy Spirit. He didn't say that either. He said, baptize in the name of equally the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I think that's very, very important for us to know that he includes himself as God and that he would never tell us to baptize to a creature. But here's something else that sometimes when we start talking about the Trinity of God and it's hard to wrap your mind around and may I just add this little caveat. The Trinity of God is, is beyond humanity, okay? We're only grasping the truth of it through like rose-colored glasses. We're looking at it through a fuzzy lens, trying to grasp our best understanding of who God is. And when we stand before him in heaven, it will become super clear for us. But there's enough evidence for us to preach this truth with assuredness and with confidence today. I can tell you today that God is not just, you know, one God and has three sides to him. Some people think that God has like three different sides to him, almost like equating God to man. And you would say to Jeff Baker, you would say, well, maybe it's like you, Jeff, right? Like you're a husband and you're a father and you're also a son. That would be three sides to me. Right? But that's, that would be a false doctrine of understanding of the true trinity of God, which is taught that God is in three distinct parts, and that each part is fully God. Fully God. Not just sides of God, but that each one, God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, each are equally God, functioning as three distinct parts, but yet fully God. So has that blown your mind enough already? The Bible also teaches us that when you start to grasp the understanding of the Trinity, it brings power even to your prayer life. Look at Ephesians chapter 2. It says, now all of us can come to the Father through 
the same Holy Spirit because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. Let that soak in for a minute. When you start to grasp the understanding of the doctrine of who God is, when you start to recognize, I am praying to the Father through the Holy Spirit, because what? The Holy Spirit is living within us because I've been given access through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And if it were not for the resurrection of Jesus Christ, then I would have no way for the Holy Spirit to, to live within me, which allows me now to pray to the Father. There would, be, there would be nothing there. So when you start to grasp the understanding of who God is, it allows your faith to be increased, which takes your praise and your prayer to a brand new level. Guys, it's the birth of Jesus. This Christmas time that we celebrate, that really it kick-started a period of time where God blew the mind of man away, when man finally realized that God came to be with us, Emmanuel, God with us. But I got good news for you. That's not where it stopped. That's where it started. And there was a whole lot more to come after that. So after Jesus lives a sinless life on this earth for somewhere around 30 to 33 years, right? After he lives that sinless life, he suffers on the cross, but yet he rose again and he sits at the right hand of the Father on his throne again. That this launched the church, the church as we know it today, through the release of the power of the Holy Spirit. If it wasn't for Jesus coming in the form of a baby, living a sinless life, shedding his blood on the cross and rising again from the grave, then the Holy Spirit doesn't come to empower the believer and to kickstart and to launch the church, which is the hope of the world, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ all around the world in places like Kearney, North Platte, Ogallala, but also in home churches in Turkey and in Morocco, right, and in China, Places all around the world that are hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ preached to them today. It all kick-started when Jesus came in the form of a baby. But it led to this profound moment that you and me would get a chance to live in where the hope of Jesus Christ is preached and it's lived through the church and it's lived through local believers. And this, this song, it builds to that in the fourth verse when it says these words. And the church of Christ was born. Then the Spirit lit the flame. That's awesome. Talking about the day of Pentecost. Now this gospel truth of old shall not kneel, it shall not faint. By his blood and in his name, in his freedom I am free. For the love of Jesus Christ who has resurrected me. This entire mission of Jesus comes back to talking about your story. Who you are in Christ. And the mission God has for you. But guys, I'm telling you, the entire mission of Jesus was to bring salvation and to kickstart the local church. His entire mission. That's why he came. So the gospel, the good news of Jesus could be preached throughout humanity. And God knew. God knew you. He knew what we needed. He knew that during, those, during that period of darkness, we had no way for our sins to be forgiven and to stand face to face with the heart of God. So he reverse engineers the antidote. And he goes, so what is it that man needs? Man needs my son to come. He needs me, God, to come and to live as a human, but yet be fully God, a sinless life, so that the blood of Jesus Christ would be shed, so that our sins would be forgiven. God knew the plight 
of my sin and that it was, it was damning me to hell, keeping me away from eternity with Jesus Christ. God knew that the freedom of my sins could only come through one source, and that was by him, God, coming in the form of man and giving his life for us. He knew that. God knew that the future would be that believers would take this message of hope to the ends of the earth. And God knew that to accomplish that mission, we would need the power, his power, his power, the power of God through the Holy Spirit to live inside of the believer so that the believer could go with boldness and with confidence and preach the good news of Jesus around the world. And all of this started when Jesus came from his throne to a, gray, to a, to a, um, a cradle in the dirt. When Jesus did that, it all kick-started all of this and the hope of the world started living inside of humanity. Profound. It's deep. But yet, so simple. When we celebrate Christmas, and we give our gifts to one another, we're celebrating the ultimate gift that mankind has ever received, the salvation for our sins, and that Jesus prepared the way for the power of the Holy Spirit to live inside of you. It's less about the frankincense and myrrh. It's way more about the grace and the empowerment that comes from God. And after all of this amazing story, guys, that I've just told you, God says, oh, and by the way, I want to include each of you in it. I want you to play a part in it. Each of you's got a piece to play in it. You're like, what? Like all the pieces up to this moment have been played by God himself. God the Father, or it was God the Son, or it was God the Holy Spirit. And now God says, oh, and by the way, I want to include you into it. I don't know about you, but as soon as I start thinking about that, I, I start to think to myself, like, we're talking about all parts that have been played so far as God, and you're going to give me the ball? This is going to be an epic fumble. You see what I'm saying? Like, like just think of it. What if the Husker team, and it needs to be, what if it was, what if it was made up of God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit? How good would we be? I mean, come on, let's just dream a bit for a minute, okay? You didn't have much to dream about this year, so let's just dream, all right? Let's just dream. Like, what bowl game would we be in if God the Father's the coach, but also a player, okay, because he's that good, and God the Son, right, is the quarterback, and God the Holy Spirit plays all the rest of the parts? How good would we be, right? And then you're in the huddle, and God calls you out of the stands, and he's like, hey, we need another player. Get out here. So Jeff comes out. He gets in the huddle. He's there, and he's like, guys, it's really exciting to watch you guys. Like, every time you touch the ball, we get a touchdown. It's amazing. Like, the score is 1,000 to zero. I love this game. Why do you guys need me down here? Jeff, this is what we're going to do. The next play, I'm going to hike the ball to Jesus. Jesus is going to give the ball to the Holy Spirit. And Jeff, you're going to run out there, and we're going to do a flea flicker to you. <laughs> and you're like, epic failure, boys. <laughs> you wouldn't even want to play. But yet, this is the mission God's put us on. He goes, look, I played all these parts, and now I'm choosing to use you. But you're not alone. You're not alone. I'll be with you to the end of the age. That's what Jesus said. You're not alone because the power of the Holy Spirit is living within you. 
but you do have a mission. Verse 4 reminded us of that mission. Now this gospel truth of old, it shall not kneel, it shall not faint. It is true that if we don't praise him, the rocks will cry out. But God's number one mission is that you and me would praise him. And to truly praise him and to proclaim the good news through our lives and to tell others about who Jesus is this Christmas, you have to have a firm understanding of the doctrine of who God is so that your faith can be strengthened, empowered, and increased so that you can praise him and communicate who he is with accuracy. You have a mission to fulfill. The Apostle Paul also knew the mission that he was to fulfill. He communicated in Romans chapter 1. He goes this, here's my mission, for I'm not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and then also the Gentile. This good news tells us how God made us right in his sight. This is accomplished from the start to finish by faith. As the scripture says, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. He says, this is my mission. I'm not ashamed of the good news of Jesus Christ. Why? Because it's the power of God at work saving everyone who believes. He recognized that his mission was to make sure that he lived his life unashamed of the good news that we just talked about of who Jesus is. But then he realized that the culmination of him proclaiming the good news, even for him to do it and for people to receive it, was all wrapped up in this. It is accomplished from the start to finish simply by what? Faith. See, so it really is the strengthening of faith that allows a person to praise God with a true belief, to pray with a true belief, to witness with a true conviction. But then how is faith strengthened? It's by understanding the doctrine of who God is. Church, that's why this song to me is so profound. That's why this song instantly sank into my spirit and it brought tears to my eyes. This song has brought incredible hope for me this Christmas. And it has strengthened even my faith in God. And the more I reflect on it, and the more I let the truth of, the, of its words that are coming straight from Scripture soak into my spirit, the more I want to praise Him. The more I want to celebrate Him. The more I'm looking forward to this Christmas. The more I want to tell other people about Him. But it starts with a better understanding of who God is. So that your faith can be strengthened. So that your, faith, so that your praise can be more pure. So church, on that note... Let's come to God with boldness today. Let's come to him with great confidence today, knowing that he wants to hear from you, that it was the access granted through Christ, inspired now and empowered through the Holy Spirit, that God wants to hear from you. He's looking forward to hearing from you. He's wanting to hear your praise to him today. And church, we're worshiping a God that's three in one. And so today, as we come and we worship him with this song we've been talking about, let's praise the Father. Let's praise the Son. And let's praise the Holy Spirit. Why? Because they are three in one. Why don't you stand with me? And let's, get it, let's take this moment and let's worship him. Let's pray. Father, you are so profound. Your wisdom is it's beyond anything man could ever attain to. Your gift of grace overwhelms me. Your amazing love that recognized my deficiency and your willingness to meet it 
by you yourself coming in the form of man and living a sinless life that allows me to stand here before you free from the penalty of my sins and with authority to worship you and knowing that you're wanting to hear me because of what you yourself, Jesus, you did and that you yourself, Holy Spirit, live within me and that you yourself, God the Father, you want to hear from us? It's almost, it's almost incapable of understanding. But in the midst of all of that, you've made it super simple for us. You came in the form of man. And you basically just said this, that anyone who believes in you will have everlasting life. That if we confess with our mouth that we're sinners and turn our hearts to the hope of Jesus Christ, that we will be saved. And today I pray for this church that as we praise you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, three in one, that I just pray that, Lord, our understanding of you would just increase and our faith would be strengthened and our praise would come alive. In Jesus' name, amen.